0: This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at Mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog The Whole Dish at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. In this week's Mail Tribune food section, I have to eat my words. (laughs) Nine years after blogging about how I would never grocery shop once a month, couldn't even conceive of it. A reader had contacted me with this plan that she had. She was eager to share with other readers, and it was prompted by, I think, a woman in her church who had been doing this for some time, grocery shopping once a month, that is, And this woman heard about it and decided that it sounded worthy enough to blog herself about. So she had planned to blog on this experiment and process of grocery shopping once a month. And of course, I decided I would weigh in on my blog, the whole dish, and came to the conclusion it would just, again, quote, never, unquote, (laughs) work for me because of the fact that produce... Is something that does not often keep for a month, and that I perceived produce in grocery stores as already having quite a bit of distance from the time it was picked and truly fresh in transit, um, storage, you know, and finally getting put out in grocery store produce sections i since changed my tune. Like I said, had to eat my words in this week's The Whole Dish column, which is in the Mail Tribune food section. You can find that at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. And my biweekly column is also called The Whole Dish. And the reason why this is something that I have developed over the past year or so in particular, well, there's more than one reason. One of the biggest reasons is time. I have found myself with less time and certainly less inclination to spend time shopping since I have had my children. And my oldest son actually just turned six, and my younger son will turn four here in about a month and a half. Before I had kids, I loved to grocery shop. It was a form of entertainment for me, it was kind of a form of relaxation, actually. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a while since I have viewed it that way. Definitely when I'm without my kids, it can be a little bit more laid back, but I'm often trying to squeeze it in while I'm running errands before picking them up from school. And every parent of children who just has a ton of things on their schedule, kids' activities on the weekends after school, just knows how grocery shopping can really take a back burner seat and it it just it, it's one of those things that is almost approached with something like dread and it just has to be fit in out of sheer necessity and so my column in this week's food section delves into the concept of pantry staples having a well stocked pantry to see you through when you just don't have time to go to the grocery store, don't want to go to the grocery store, as well as a well-stocked freezer, and even I'll extend that to refrigerator. Within the past year, I have added a refrigerator to my home. It's out in the garage next to our auxiliary freezer, which we've had for a number of years and was initially purchased to store a whole animal that was raised locally that we networked through people we know to purchase and have it custom butchered and then <clears throat> have the freezer space to store it alongside that is now a refrigerator that was actually cast off from my mother-in-law who got a new appliance and rather than you know try to deal with selling hers or whatever we just told her that we would take it and and we keep it in our garage. And it it really does come in handy when we have large items that really don't fit all that well in a refrigerator just full of day-to-day stuff around the holidays in particular, but also for longer-term storage of things as they are seasonally appropriate. And I really, really see the benefit of that over the winter, kind of just coming out of that season when Almost all the fruits and vegetables you're going to buy that are quote unquote seasonally fresh, at least in the northern hemisphere, are long keepers. Things like root vegetables, the cabbage family of vegetables, certainly apples, pears, citrus fruit, all that stuff that really is intended to keep over the long haul and does just fine in the refrigerator for a month. That definitely helps to liberate me from grocery shopping. The other thing that I really press into my service is my freezer. Anytime I see an item that is just on too good of a sale to pass up, and I know it will freeze well, I just snap it up, stash it away. Now granted, I have a finite amount of space. And sometimes if I don't encounter great sales on bacon or organic chicken for several weeks we're, we're really kind of digging down into our freezer stores so to speak making use of some of those very last items but that needs to be done obviously every so often so you're not like hoarding food and keeping it on hand forever because of course the lifespan on most frozen items is about six months and definitely to be at their best need to be eaten within a, a few months So those have been a major, major development in my approach to cooking that have made the biggest difference in just my day-to-day function in the kitchen. That and keeping a seasonal garden. Those two things have done more to inform my cooking over the past decade than just about anything else. And having a good handle on pantry staples can make this idea of grocery shopping once a month work and work really well or be sort of an exercise in frustration and deprivation. And no one wants that. I mean, the idea is that you're saving yourself time. You get to spend that time in the comfort of your own home. And you still want to be eating decent meals that appeal to your family. So my column in this week's food section, The Whole Dish, included a list of pantry staples, They're called Pantry Basics. This is a list that the Ashland Food Co-op devised years ago to go with its Co-op Basics pricing program and its Co-op Basics cooking classes. I've posted this list to my blog, and it's one of my favorites, simply because it's similar to how I like to cook. And of course, everyone's pantry looks a little bit different, but this is primarily a Whole Foods-based list of staples. They are things that can be purchased from your grocery store's bulk bins, preferably rather than in a bunch of excess packaging. And you do this, of course, by having storage containers. And if you're new to this concept, but you kind of want to get on board, you want to get your family eating more healthful meals, whole foods, a little bit more from scratch cooking can start by purchasing a nice set of containers because of course pantry organization makes all the difference in having the stuff visible. I know because my pantry is not always the best organized even though I do have lots of containers lots and lots and lots of containers that I fill with items from my grocery stores bulk bins all the time. The other way to go about this is to view it as well with some flexibility. It's not a be all and end all list. There's a lot of room for flexibility in here for your family's tastes and just trying new foods to determine if you like them. Trying not every single unfamiliar whole grain out there, but one at a time. Or if you're unaccustomed to eating lentils, starting with one variety and maybe then branching out into more if they work for your, your family and your cooking style. And I'm gonna give a few ideas for swaps and how to expand this right now that I didn't put in my column just kind of for lack of space. And because it's it's a little bit more enjoyable as a talking point in this format for the podcast. So to start again, this is a list of pantry basics. It was devised by Ashland Food Co-op and it's been posted to my blog, The Whole Dish. There are items on here that are not shelf stable, that they belong in your refrigerator, but they're still considered things in the pantry. There's also baking items on here everyone is likely to have on hand, flour, baking powder, baking soda, salt, sugar, that kind of thing. I'm not going to really go into that. And of course, we've already acknowledged that meat, poultry, and seafood you can keep in your freezer for at least a month. It's a great way to buy on sale items and have them on hand for when you want to use them rather than going to the grocery store every time with the need to purchase some kind of meat for your family, even if it's maybe a little bit beyond what you want to pay that particular week. Wait until it's on sale. Eggs, of course, are also on this list, and I'll just give another plug for eggs. My last column, The Whole Dish, was about eggs and truly farm-fresh springtime eggs, and I acknowledged in that column that they will keep for a good month in the refrigerator. Eggs are great keepers. They're so affordable. They are so quick to cook and really, really deserve to be kind of right at the top of the list there of pantry staples. But starting with some of the shelf stable items, rice being one of the first ones, white or brown. And of course, there's more varieties within that genre that you can experiment with. Rice, of course, a great pantry staple for lots of reasons, not least because if you have leftover vegetables from another meal, you have maybe a little bit of leftover meat or just some a small amount, you can very easily make a pot of rice and repurpose those leftovers into a stir fry. And this is the cooking from the pantry with what you have on hand concept. But experiment with that. There's jasmine rice. There's basmati rice. There's brown basmati rice. There's cow rice. There's short grain and long grain. Just try out different kinds if you're not well-versed in all the varieties of rice out there to figure out what works for you. But buy one at a time. You don't need a container for each type that's out there, and you don't need to fill your pantry with more than one type of rice at a time. It's preferable in any case to buy a smaller quantity from the bulk bin and replenish it as needed. And then your foods are always fresh. Oats are another one that are very handy to have on hand in baking and as a cereal item. But another item that a lot of people aren't aware of is rolled barley, very similar to oats. And it's something that you could experiment with making into muesli, which I really enjoy, with some nuts and some seeds and some fresh or dried fruit. So maybe, you know, buy rolled oats one week and have oatmeal or use it in in other ways, baking breakfast bars, perhaps. Maybe try rolled barley the the next month. And again, learn to make a recipe like muesli or learn to incorporate that another way. Quinoa, of course, is a darling of Whole Foods (laughs) enthusiasts everywhere. And I did say in my column, I actually prefer millet and millet is a lot less familiar to Americans. It's actually most commonly grown as a component of birdseed, which is a shame because it has a very high amino acid profile, as does quinoa. Very, very close. I mean, if you are want a high protein grain, millet is, is just about as good a choice from everything that I've read. And it's about half the price of quinoa. The texture is a little different. can experiment with that in your recipes, but I did say in my column, I love it as a substitute for couscous. If you eat couscous in any kind of dish, quinoa is great. It's a little bit more toothsome, has a little bit more texture substitute. And again, it's a whole grain, whereas couscous is not. Couscous is a refined wheat product. So by choosing millet, you're adding a lot of great nutrition to your diet. Pasta was suggested, any variety. I keep lots of pasta on hand because they're it's quick cooking it constitutes a very very easy meal for me my family again with leftover veggies leftover meat anything you can think of it's kind of gotten a bad rap as far as low carb diets go but I find it indispensable beans are another really essential budget friendly item particularly if you're trying to cut back on your meat consumption, do sort of like meatless Mondays, meatless meals. And of course, there's a whole gamut of beans. They're many, many times less expensive to purchase dried and to cook from scratch than to have canned. Granted, canned is the ultimate convenience, and I do keep canned beans on hand for nights when we just need something and I I haven't planned well. They can easily be canned popped open, and made into a quick taco filling. But do keep some dried beans on hand. Again, maybe choose one and determine how you're going to incorporate it into your menus. If you're leaning more towards some Latin menus, of course, pinto and black beans are natural. If you're wanting to do more Mediterranean style cooking for the month, keep white beans on hand. They are different enough that I do keep more than one bean on hand at a time. But again, if you're trying to get the feel for this kind of cooking style, this kind of shopping style, it can be very helpful to start with one type, use it, and then, you know, go on to trying another type. Same with lentils. I happen to love lentils. They're even less familiar to most Americans than beans. The great thing about lentils is, unlike beans, they cook very quickly. They need no pre-soaking. They're small, of course. That's one major reason why. But they're also just extremely, extremely healthful, loaded with folic acid, which most people do not get enough folate in their diet lentils are a primo source of that and and I do love lentils again there's a lot of types and they're worth experimenting with small green pre-lentils stay whole when they're fully cooked and they can be incorporated into salads that's a very popular way in in France to consume them other types of lentils yellow lentils which are, are actually split peas and the red lentils they fall apart into more of a mush. And that's why they are commonly used in the, the classic Indian soup doll. But they make great soups and stews, really quick soups and stews. You just have to know kind of what variety does what. And again, this is where some experimenting comes in. Try one variety one month. And once you got gotten the hang, hang of using that, go back to your grocery store, find another variety of lentils in your bulk section that interests you and try those. Broth or stock is essential, of course, if you're going to make quick soups or stews. It's great to have this on hand in your pantry. I make enough stock in my own kitchen that I can freeze quarts of it at a time and have those on hand. Either way, homemade stock is a great piece of kitchen economy, and I've mentioned that in my podcast many times, but definitely having just a can or one of those cartons on hand in your pantry is a is a great fail safe for those times when you just haven't made stock or you just don't want to thaw it out of your freezer you just want it ready to go of course there's a gamut of spices and herbs suggested again when you buy them in bulk food sections you can buy very very small quantities and you don't have to commit to a lot unlike the large jars on the spice aisles that are several dollars you can pay you know, just pennies on the dollar to try a new spice if you have a container already ready to to put it in one of the things I like to do is when my spice runs out of the glass container I purchased it in, I can just fill it up from the from the bulk bin, so that 's a great way to get in the habit of purchasing that. You have a spice that is just about gone from your glass container that you bought on the Spice aisle, put it on your grocery shopping list to buy it from the bulk food section and fill up your container. Again, you'll pay pennies on the dollar for that. Nuts are a great thing to have on hand to toss into salads or to top pasta dishes. I find them indispensable as well. Of course, in the fridge, butter. <laughs> I, we go through a ton of butter and it's fortunate it freezes well because I'm always throwing butter in the freezer when I see it on sale. Lemons are another sort of indispensable item for me as well to have in in the fridge. They brighten up so many things, just that splash of acid rather than salting stuff. And, And on that same topic, it's important to also have at least a couple of vinegars on hand, whether it's apple cider, red wine, white wine balsamic, sherry vinegar. These really are worth buying in several types and keeping on hand and learning how to use them for your own homemade salad dressings. And again, just a splash of acid will brighten up just about any dish from a braised meat to a soup or a stew. With your vinegar, of course, you want to have olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, plus a neutral oil for times when you don't want that pronounced flavor and experiment again with with other good quality oils that can really lend a lot of flavor to homemade salad dressings or drizzled on a stir fry. Sesame oil, for example, is available in grocery stores, bulk food sections. Also keep soy sauce or tamari sauce on hand for that alternative to salt. And again, is another great ingredient in dressings and, and a, a sauce. Peanut butter or Almond butter is really helpful. I just made a quick peanut sauce for my kids last night with tamari sauce and and peanut butter and just tossed their their cooked rice noodles in it. They gobble it up. And also tomato products. People tend to overlook the importance of tomato products, actually, until they don't have them. (laughs) And this happens to me a lot where I forget to buy pasta sauce. I did say in one of my columns how homemade pasta sauce is easy enough to make out of canned tomatoes or frozen and tomato paste. But there's so many recipes where tomato products really are kind of essential. And if you don't have them, the recipe just really isn't the same. So I always try to keep at least tomato paste on hand, which can be thinned out, and augmented with some other ingredients, or a good quality canned whole tomato or crushed tomato. There's just really is no substitute for that in a lot of recipes. So those are my thoughts on stocking a pantry. You can find the complete list, which includes tortillas and sandwich bread as well, other things for really quick dishes in this week's column, The Whole Dish in the Mail Tribune's food section, and you can find that at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. Thank you for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.